With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. There is a watchman on the wall Bringing forth the written word of God to one and all Are you getting ready? Will you stand or will you fall? Listen to the watchman on the wall Listen to the watchman on the wall Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense. Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Vincent Xavier, pastor of New Wine Ministries. Great to be with you today. It is Thursday. It's January 14th, 2021. And today we're going to continue to uh, speak and pray and, and seek the Lord's will and his heart and his mind for this hour. And we've got a lot of great things to share with you. I have to say that last night we had an amazing Bible study at New Wine Ministry out of the book of Hebrews chapter 3 and 4, and we thoroughly enjoyed ministering that word, and I believe the congregation thoroughly enjoyed receiving that word, and it's just God's word. He just puts life into it, and it, you know, produces really good fruit, and so uh, the night before, on Tuesday, we were in the book of Matthew, chapter 10, I believe it was, and we had an amazing time on Tuesday night as well. There's nothing like feeding the flock of God, the word of God. My goodness. Because what happens during these Bible studies during the week is that we're not just talking about everything we talk about on this radio broadcast. We're talking more Bible study. And the encouragement from the word of God for the hour in which we live is absolutely phenomenal and amazing. And so we are having a tremendous time. Now, yesterday, uh, we, we went out there. We, we took it to the limits to a degree. 
And, uh, you know, we, we said what well, is in our hearts to say we weren't holding back. And shockingly today, you wake up and you realize that the House uh, has voted to impeach the president of the United States of America, which puts everything in another dimension, right? So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. But something very unusual happened yesterday and this morning. I want to share it with you. Yesterday, while I was on this radio broadcast, somebody, I don't know who it was, actually chatted in on in our chat room that it was time for the imprecatory prayers to be prayed against the wicked. And I actually repeated that, and I thought, I, I kind of know what imprecatory means, but that's very interesting, imprecatory prayers. But this morning when I woke up and I opened up the Word and I was reading to Patricia, I was led to a particular psalm, and after reading it, I went back and looked at some of the commentary, and sure enough, it was an imprecatory psalm. That's what it said in the commentary. This is an imprecatory psalm, and this is a psalm that was written against the enemies of Christ, but after studying and looking at it, and Patricia and I discussing it, I felt it was important to pray this imprecatory psalm on the behalf of President Donald J. Trump today. And I want to do that, and I'm going to do that, and I pray that you will join me in this particular psalm. Then, after we're done doing that, there's another revelation, a little epiphany, that struck my heart concerning the times that we're in, especially regarding the Joe Biden election and the dream concerning him. And he won in the dream, but he was unnerved. We've heard that a hundred times now. And examining that just a little bit further, I found it interesting that in 1 Kings chapter 1, which is the interpretation we're getting and the things that we need to do to do our part, well, I saw something I hadn't seen before, and I want to share it with you, and I think it's very interesting, okay? And then, most likely, I'm going to go to our interview with Brother Daniel Seckham, and I want to share that interview with you as well today. So sit back, uh, buckle up, let's get into it, and I want to begin today with reading, first of all, the Psalm of David and is Psalm 109, Psalm 109. And as we go through the Psalm, again, this is uh, in the commentary, literally talks about it being an imprecatory Psalm or a call for God to judge the wicked. Okay, so we're going to read this on the behalf of President Trump. I believe that's what was said yesterday, and then it was confirmed this morning, so here we go. Psalm 109, verse 1, a psalm of David. Hold not your peace, O God, of my praise. And again, this is on the behalf of our president. I want you to pray this. We want this to go forward right now with anointing in the name of Jesus Christ. Hold not your peace, O God, of my praise. For the mouth of the wicked and the mouth of the deceitful 
are opened against President Donald J. Trump. They have spoken against him with a lying tongue. They compassed him about also with words of hatred and fought against him without a cause. For his love, they are his adversaries. But Donald J. Trump gives himself to prayer. They have rewarded him evil for good and hatred for his love. Therefore, set thou a wicked man over them and let Satan stand, wow, at their right hand. When they shall be judged, let them be condemned and let their prayer become sin. Let their days be few and let another take their office. Someone say, hallelujah. Get these people out of office. Amen. Let their children be fatherless and their wives become widows. Let their children be continually vagabonds and beg. Let them seek their bread also out of their desolate places. Let the extortioner catch them all that he has, that they have. And let the stranger spoil their labor. Let there be none to extend mercy unto them. Neither let there be any to favor their fatherless children. Verse 13, let their posterity be cut off, Hunter Biden, etc., 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 etc. And in the generation following, let their name be blotted out. Let the iniquity of their fathers be remembered with the Lord, and let not the sin of their mother be blotted out. Let them be before the Lord continually that they may be cut off the memory of them from the earth. Verse 16, because that they remembered not to show mercy, but persecuted the poor and needy man, that they might even slay the broken in heart. As they loved cursing, So let it come unto them. As they delighted not in blessing, so let it be far from them. As they clothed themselves with cursing, like as with a garment, so let it come into their bowels like water and like oil into their bones. Let it be unto them as the garment which covers them and for a girdle wherewith they are girded continually. This be the reward of the adversaries of Donald J. Trump from the Lord and of them that speak evil against his soul. But do thou for Donald Trump, the president of the United States, O God, verse 21, but do thou for the president, O God the Lord, for your name's sake, because your mercy is good, deliver Donald J. Trump from the snare of these fowlers, right? 
Verse 22, for the president is poor and needy, not maybe in financial wealth, but right now desperate, poor and needy, and his heart is wounded within him. He has gone like the shadow when it declines. He has been tossed up and down as the locust. His knees are weak through fasting and his flesh fails of fatness. He also became a reproach unto them. When they looked upon him, they shook their heads. Are they not doing that against your president today? Help Donald J. Trump, O Lord, my God. Save him according to your mercy, that they may know that this is your hand, that you, Lord, have done it. Let them curse But bless thou, O God. When they arise, let them be ashamed. And they are rising. But let your servant, Donald J. Trump, rejoice. Let his adversaries be clothed with shame. And let them cover themselves with their own confusion. As with a mantle. I will greatly praise the Lord with my mouth. Yea, I will praise him among the multitude, for the Lord will stand at the right hand of the poor to save him from those that condemn his soul. The Lord will stand. So this is our prayer today for the President of the United States of America, who openly has confessed that he's not the boss, that Jesus Christ is the boss, who has openly confessed, I'm not a perfect man, but I'm trusting in the Lord. Well, now his adversaries are surrounding him like bees, and our prayer in our hope is to intercede against the adversaries and that God will do something in this moment that will show them that this is of the Lord. So that is our opening prayer today for the president of the United States, Donald J. Trump. Now, another very interesting thing that I want to get into is going back to 1 Kings chapter 1. I know you're probably going to go, oh, here he goes again, but give me one more chance at this. In 1 Kings chapter 1, this seems to have been the answer to what is happening in our country right now. It's the story of Adonijah, who was setting himself up to be a king. He brought all of his strong people with him, the news media, all of his leftist friends, all of the, you know, his security and and all of the false prophets that were there. And he's making himself the king. Nathan, the prophet, the true prophet, Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, come to King David in his old age and say, is this what you've ordained? Is Adonijah going to be the king? I thought you said Solomon was the king. And David said, of course, Solomon is the king. So what did David do? Well, I want to read you this story one more time. What did David do? Mm. So David, in 1 Kings 143, uh, I'm going to pick it up there, but David had told them what to do. So in 43... Jonathan answered and said to Ananijah, Verily, our Lord King David has made Solomon king. 
All right, so you have a battle for who's going to be the king, who's going to be the president, right? Verse 44, and the king has sent him with Zadok, the priest, okay, Nathan, the prophet, Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, and the Cherethites and the Pelethites, and they have caused him to ride upon the king's mule. So I was thinking about this. I'd been thinking about it for quite some time. Who were the Cherethites? Who were the Pelethites? I mean, I know Nathan the prophet, and I know that Zadok the priest, these were the holy men of God. These were the anointed men of God. They weren't the pseudo, uh, you know, uh, leftovers from yesteryear. These were the present-day prophetic priesthood ordained and anointed by God that the king would utilize for the purpose of one that sought the Lord. And yet Nathan and Zadok and Benaiah, they go down to Gihon. They take Solomon down to the river Gihon. But they go with the Cherethites and the Pelethites. So I did a little word study on the Cherethites and the Pelethites. And this is a Wikipedia definition. It says, in the Bible, the Cherethites and Pelethites are two ethnic groups in the Levant, okay? Their identity has not been determined with certainty. The Cherethites are mentioned independently three times, and as the Cherethites and Pelethites seven times, they are interpreted to have been a group of elite missionary or mercenaries, so a group of elite mercenaries employed by King David, some of whom acted as his bodyguards and others as part of his army. Now, I looked up the word mercenary because, again, we're talking about an elite mercenary group that went down to ensure that Solomon would be the king. So these Mercenary. So a mercenary, sometimes known as a soldier of fortune, is an individual who takes part in a military conflict for personal profit. So they were employed by David. They were hired by David. They were special men. Maybe the Knights Templar. Uh, you could go down the list. Maybe some militia. Maybe the Patriots. They were a group of elite Special forces, and what did David tell them to do? David sent them, these mercenaries, this elite group, to Gihon, and they were, again, military forces. They were usually outsider to the conflict, not a member of any official military, so they're not in the general army. They're not in the Navy, the Air Force, the Marines. Mercenaries usually fight for money or other forms of payment. And so these were the soldiers of fortune. These were men that were skilled. And when they were taking care of King David as bodyguards, 
this elite force would go out on special assignments to get things done. And I just thought it was very interesting that these Cherethites and these Pelethites were sent by David to go with the true prophet, Nathan, the true priest, Zadok, the true son of Benaiah, and to go down and anoint Solomon. If I were to take that type in shadow and I were to put it into modern vernacular, it would be like special forces through the patriots, through the militia, special force soldiers, mercenaries, that will go on January 20th, regardless of what the news is saying, not with you know, the idea of fighting, not with the idea of doing anything other than surrounding the king that is to come, Solomon, to be a bodyguard, to be a protection of the prophet Nathan, to be a protection to the priest Zadok, the true administration of God, the administration that God had ordained. There was a coup trying to take over the, the, the mantle of God's administration, God's government. And it was a major battle because half the people were with Adonijah and Abner and all the people of the old administration, Barack Obama. So there they are. But another thing happens on January 20th or should happen. Okay, it should happen. On January 20th, that special force unit with a prophetic mantle, with a priesthood mantle, the Lord Jesus Christ, his anointing, should be ordaining, anointing with the horn, with the oil from the temple of God, which they did. They took the uh, oil out of the temple. They poured it on Solomon. They anointed him. Now, meanwhile, while that was going on at the river Gihon, Remember, Adonijah was having a big dinner, big celebration with all of his people. But suddenly, there was a sound where the people began to shout and rejoice. Let me read it to you just quickly. It says that, and I'll, I'll go all the way down, um, and I'll, I'll bypass a lot of the, re- the region. So it says... Uh, Let's go all the way to verse 44. So 1 Kings 144. Well, let's go back just a little bit. Let's go back to verse 41. So 1 Kings chapter 1, verse 41. And Adonijah and all the guests that were with him. So they're in this big party celebration. He's the guy. They heard it as they had made an end of eating. Okay, so, well, let me, I I apologize. Let me just go back to verse 39, okay? 1 Kings 139, Zadok the priest took a horn of oil out of the tabernacle, anointed Solomon. So that's what's going on on the other side of town. They blew the trumpet and all the people said, God save King Solomon. 
And that's what we did back in December, on December 7th, when we gathered at our state capitol. We humbly bowed our knees, 35 of us. We confessed our sins. We rose up. We shouted, God save President Donald J. Trump. And as we were shouting, the heavens were open, and a sound from heaven took our sound and magnified it and amplified it. We all heard it. Okay? Well, this is what's happening. They shouted. They blew the trumpet. The people said, God save King Solomon, verse 40. And all the people came up after him, and the people piped with pipes and rejoiced with great joy so that the earth rent with the sound of them. Again, I want to encourage you that on January 20th, for those who have hope and will not give up to go all the way, but on January 20th, which is Inauguration Day, They were inaugurating Adonijah. The true purpose of God has to be anointed. There needs to be those that will be there with the horns of oil. And you say, well, I can't be there. But you can make a sound from wherever you are, right? So, again, so that the earth was rent with the sound of them. Now, in verse 41, Adonijah and all the guests that were with him heard it as they had made an end of eating. And when Joab heard the sound of the trumpet, the old security guard, if you will, he said, wherefore is the noise of this city being in an uproar? And while he yet spoke, Jonathan, the son of Abiathar, the priest came and Adonijah said unto him, come in, for thou art a valiant man and bring good tidings. And Jonathan answered and said to Adonijah, verily, our Lord King David has made Solomon king. When? The very day of inauguration. The very day the decision was to be made, while one was boasting they were in, the true purpose of God was revealed that day because God had ordained it to be so. And then he says, verse 44, after the Lord King David has made Solomon king, so God would make Donald Trump president, verse 44, and the king hath sent him with Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, and the Cherethites, and the Pelethites, and they have caused him to ride upon the king's mule. So in other words, they were aware that the Cherethites and the Pelethites were a military power, an elite group. You didn't mess with them. They were the real tough guys. And the Nancy Pelosi's and the Chuck Schumer's and the Jerry Nadler's and all these wicked people on the left, including men that are sleeping around with Chinese spies, acting like they have something to say right now. All of them began to do what? Look what it says. It says in verse 45, And Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet have anointed him king in Gihon, and they are come up from thence rejoicing so that the city rang again. This is the noise that you have heard. And also Solomon sits on the throne of the kingdom. And moreover, listen to verse 47, the king's servants came to bless our Lord King David, saying, God, make the name of Solomon better than your name, and make his throne greater than your throne. And the king bowed himself upon the bed. 
And also, thus saith the king, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, which has given one to sit on my throne this day, this day, my eyes even seeing it. Verse 49, and all the guests that were with Adonijah, after Jonathan reported all of this, all the guests that were with Adonijah were afraid and rose up and caught hold, or excuse me, and went every man his way. You see, the coup is now ended on Inauguration Day. The coup is ended. Why? Because instructions come from the throne. Type and shadow, King David. Type of Christ, isn't he? He, in his final days, in his tiredness, in his old age, made that final decision. Well, Jesus Christ sits upon the throne of David and will never be replaced by any. And the instructions of our king, Yeshua, must be followed through with. God has revealed that Joe Biden would be the guy over a year ago that would win the election. But there was a problem. It was just like Adonijah. It was a coup. It was not ordained. It was not of the purpose of the great king of heaven. So God calls his people to take the president, go, anoint him. It has to happen on January 20th. There needs to be a prophet of God Almighty, a prophetic mantle. And the president must allow the prophetic mantle to anoint him. It must be that way. He must not concede for the eternal purpose of God. If this is God's purpose, I'm, I'm dealing with the realm of hope. Okay, I'm balancing. I'm, I'm going into the realm of this is what God has revealed. So there has to be an anointing. There has to be a special forces unit around the president to ensure his safety and protection. And the people need to pipe their pipes and blow their trumpets and shout with rejoicing and declare President Trump to be the president of the United States. When that happens, in the manner in which it is intended to happen, the entire Joe Biden coup will end and the people will begin to flee. They thought they fled on January 6th. Well, they will flee in a manner that it just won't be well for them. The question that I've asked one man behind a microphone, how can I convince people that this is the right thing to do? How can I convince you that over a year ago I had a dream that Joe Biden won the election? Well, you could listen over a year ago. I've spoken it for over a year. When all the Democrats were running for presidents, God showed me a dream. Joe Biden won the election, but he was down in a tunnel. He had no celebration in him, nothing but like a shell, like concern, nothing. So now that he's the guy praying, how can I convince you? I was up right over my right shoulder at one o'clock in the morning, wondering, God, why did you give me this dream? And now it's actually being fulfilled. 
And within hours, by the next morning around 8 a.m., the first thought in my mind was about this story of Adonijah and Solomon. So I went and looked at it, and it's the exact thing that's happening right now. But how can I, one man who has a very small following, a few people even know we exist in comparison to others, but how can I convince the people to spread the word that God has a plan? And it may not be the plans of the military that are out there, but it is a plan from the throne of heaven that would complement the plans of the military if they plan on helping the president through. He is not supposed to concede. He is not supposed to give up. He is not supposed to relinquish. Well, Adonijah is doing it, and that's the way it is. No, that is not the way it is. But how can I convince the people? to rally around the president. The only difference now is that Adonijah and his group, the Joe Biden company, they're employing all these people. Who's actually, who, ask yourself, who is gating up and barring Washington, D.C.? Was that the order of the president of the United States, still the president of the United States, Donald J. Trump? Did he order the National Guard, into Washington, D.C.? Did he order the fences to go up in our free society? Did he call for the National Guard? Someone tell me if he did. Did he call to put up all the fences to block people from coming in on Inauguration Day because they, don't, they feel threatened about something? Who did this? Who brought these armed forces. Was it the president? What's going on here? So anyways, when you look at this story, the next thing that happens is Adonijah is terrified. Joe Biden, he starts begging for his life, begging for his life. And Solomon now is ordained to sit on the throne. Mr. President, I don't know if you will ever see this. I have such, my heart has never shifted since the day I voted for you. I pray the prayer of Psalm 109 on your behalf, sir. I don't know if you'll ever see this. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, maybe in the spirit world, Holy Spirit will take these words. Don't quit. Don't concede. Allow God to establish his will. Allow it to happen. If you give up, if you will not allow we the people to ordain you, to anoint you, to to blow our trumpets and shout with the shout of joy and rejoicing, to ordain you to be the president. We don't need the nine Supreme Court justices to do that. We don't need the Congress to do that. We don't need the senators to do that. We don't need anybody. We the people have voted for you and believe that there has been fraud and a rigged election and a coup by the most evil, wicked people in our society who are globalist, who are treasonous, who are socialist and communist and antichrist and wicked 
and witches and warlocks, and they need to be uprooted and taken away. But if you lay down, Mr. President, if you give up, Mr. President, if you concede, Mr. President, you will not allow for God's plan for this moment to go forth. And that, Mr. President, would be the sign of the judgment of God upon this nation you said you wanted to fight for and protect. Now, I don't know how I could possibly get that. If I stood before that man, I'd probably be very small and very careful about how to speak. But I believe this is what he wants to say to the president. Allow God to ordain this moment and not the left. Who cares if they want to impeach you? Who cares of their wicked words against you? We don't care because we know that they are the evil ones. They are the wicked ones, Mr. President. Don't yield to them. If they put a threat on your life, employ the militia. Employ the patriots. You're not standing alone, sir. Employ the people to stand with you. Take hold of the reins of your power and move against these people. Because, sir, if you let them have their way, the delusion, the destruction, the defilement, I don't care what anybody else says, it will be wicked. It will be, it will be horrible. But here's God's plan, sir. God gave this speck of dust a dream about this moment. And the plan is don't give up, sir. Don't yield, sir. You have run a race and you are at the one-yard line. Don't give up now. These vile creatures is what they are, sir. You called them the swamp monsters. These vile creatures, do not give them any credibility, sir. Do not let them think they have something on you, sir. For we, the people, know what's on them. We will execute the judgment written against them. But, sir, you need to stand. Because if you don't, this country... The people, the millions of people that would follow you into war right now, sir, they won't have a leader. They won't know what to do. They won't have a commander-in-chief. They will come under the spell of Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, Barack Obama, and every other elitist that is anti-Christ, anti-God, and anti-American. So, sir, Mr. President, please hear the voice of one crying out to you. You see, this is what I would say if I could have his ear. Not my opinion. I'm not a military strategist or an analyst. I just know that God gave me a dream about this moment. And to me, that carries weight. But how do I convince the people of this nation 
that this is the plan to stand and to the president, sir, don't give up. I don't want yesterday's word about God sending an evil force against a hypocritical nation to be completed. Sir, don't give up. Today is the 14th day of January. Where are the Cherethites? Where are the Pelethites? Where are the elite special forces? And Mr. President, will you please allow them to do their job? And will you allow us, we the people of the United States, to rid ourselves of the shackles of this tyrannical government that is desiring to come to power right now? Sir, that's our responsibility and our duty, but we need leadership. We need you to say, come on down to D.C. and go wild. Who cares what they say, sir? They sat back for nine months and allowed people to crap all over the walls in our cities and to urinate all over the walls and to burn buildings and to break and destroy businesses and homes and shoot and kill people. Sir, they set our cities on fire for nine months. You've heard it again and again. This hypocrisy cannot be tolerated, listened to, or even paid attention to in the slightest measure, sir. Sir, don't listen to Fox News, Newsmax. They have all failed, sir. But we, the people, are standing by awaiting your instructions because we know God's will. Will you please let it play out? You don't need any news media, sir. You need to communicate that you're not going to give up, that you're not going to give in, that you're going to allow the special forces from within the ranks of this nation to come to your aid. And sir, you're going to allow this country, the true Americans, to fulfill their duty. That's my prayer. That's my hope. But it's from one man behind a small pulpit Wondering if it will ever reach your ears or your heart or your mind. But I pray that what was just said, those words will be carried by angels and penetrate your heart. And that you will come to your senses and realize, or maybe you've already known, and this is only a confirmation, sir. But if there was any quit in you because you're tired and broken, if there is anything there that you think they've got on you, sir, we know you were a multi-billionaire playboy. So what, sir? You accepted and acknowledged Jesus Christ as your Lord. And he has forgiven you like all who call upon his name. They have nothing on you, sir. Nothing. And I pray that these words would sink into your heart and encourage and inspire that you will know these few people... These, these filthy, demonic scorpions and snakes, sir, 
You heard them speaking yesterday. Sir, their hypocrisy is off the charts. Please do not let that go unattended. All right. Well, that's it for me. I think we're done. Okay, so that's the call. That's it. That's the call. I want to say hello to some of our friends today. Kevin Hauger, good morning to you. Good morning to Cindy. Good morning to David Ellison. Good morning to Laquita, Brenda, Sarah. Sarah says with the first comment today, honestly, I think God's plan is in effect. As sad as it is, this country needs to fall in order for a one-world government to take place. As the Bible discusses, America being a superpower does not allow that. I pray for the lukewarm church to wake up and start acting like the bride of Christ. Maybe that is going to be fulfilled. Absolutely, we agree that that Bible must be fulfilled. But this is that moment. This is that critical moment as to whether or not that's going to accelerate upon you, your children, your grandchildren, or you're going to have a few more years to prepare and awaken the nation. Time will tell. All right. David Ellison says that the ites were giant offspring from the fallen ones. Maybe so. But these Cherethites, supreme duty makers, Dave. He says, my take is because David slew Goliath, the leader that David was able to employ them, that viewed David as their leader. Just a thought. Okay. Good thought, Dave. We could employ that. Dennis Sossaman says, Matthew 5, 7, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. The people persecuting Trump are not walking in Jesus' words. We agree to that as well. Marissa says, make a sound. Blow the shofars. I agree. Rick Cochran saying, Numbers chapter 10, verse 9. Rick, I'd love for you to share with me what that is. Chapter 10, verse 9. Keith Carey, I wholeheartedly agree the National League, the National Guard has been mobilized in Ohio. All state capitals are surrounded. Is it true we will overthrow the liberal coup? Are the generals in allegiance? The hour. Okay, I think Keith was going to keep on saying something. Kathy Brun says, God has already intervened and many high officials in government have been arrested. As of last night, God is in control. Praise God. Just pursue God's divine will. All right, Kathy, will do it. Kevin Halger says, I had a vision at the beginning of the live stream. The inaugural timeline starts. Biden was in the hallway inside the Capitol, and a security detail just went up to him and said he was under arrest. Hallelujah. Ah, Sarah Anchorman, our commander is God. Yes, but it was King David as a type and shadow of Christ that gives authority to men upon the earth. No doubt about it. Kevin Halger, everyone is gathered outside waiting. The security detail tells Biden that he is under arrest for election fraud. Another detail gathers Kamala, Nancy, Schumer, and bring them into the Capitol. We sure do hope so. And then the justice of the Supreme Court comes in front of them and said info, and said info has been discovered and all of your fingerprints are on this. The election is called off. Okay, what a vision. Paige Collins says, Isaiah 57, 11 and 13, God has a strong word for Pelosi and the evil in Washington, D.C. We stand with Trump. Okay, Paige, you got it. Kevin Hauger, and we need to know what Isaiah 57, 11 to 13 actually say, Paige. Kevin Hauger, Nancy and Schumer are arrested for setting forth a coup to destroy the president of the United States. Police take them away. Biden is dumbfounded from all of this. The police then tell Biden that he is being arrested for selling 
state secrets to foreign governments. All right. Brad, Maxie, good morning. Thank you. You're welcome, Brad. And good morning to you. Diana Langford, truth. Thank you, Diana. Barbara Dixon, Pastor Vincent, Google Trump silent running. He's not giving up. Praise the Lord, Barbara. I'll do it in a little bit. Keith Carey said, we have got to take a stand to defend the America we know. President Trump and family were supposed to be in an underground bunker. This was to be all planned out to overtake D.C. Pray for America. All right, we will. Sarah says, I'm ready to endure till the end, even if it's sooner than we'd like. Me too, Sarah. God bless your endurance. Melissa Fletcher says, just received my shofar, and I'm ready to use it. Do it, Melissa. Hallelujah. Carla D. says, Proverbs 28, 1. I need to know what that says. Bring these scriptures to light. Rick Cochran says, Numbers 10.9 says this, And if you go to war in your land and against the enemy that oppresses you, then you shall blow an alarm with trumpets, and you shall be remembered before the Lord your God, and you shall be saved from your enemies. Let's do it, saints, all over this country. Let there be a sound, particularly January 20th. Get your shofars, get your pipes, get your shout, and be wherever God tells you to be, at every Capitol building in Washington, D.C., and across the country, from your living room, your kitchen, wherever you are. I'm telling you, this is what God has ordained. It's a plan. It is a plan. Carla says, the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. What a time for that scripture, Proverbs 27, 1, to be fulfilled. Barbara Dixon says, Pastor Vincent, Google Trump silent running by Justin Bellucci. He's not giving up. Okay, we're going to do that. Vinnie Pots and Pans, hey, Vincenzo. I now can tell you I am Angel 8. Please look up the meaning of Angel 8. God favors you. Well, thank you for that, Vinnie Pots and Pans. God bless you, my friend. Folks, you see how it can rally? Get the word out. Get the word out and pray that the president does not give up or concede to the blasphemers, to the wicked ones. Call them who they are, the intruders, the manipulators, the counterfeit administration. We're here. We're ready to go, aren't we? We're ready to fight. Praise the Lord. Hey, I have a telephone that's wide open to anybody right now that wants to bring their voice onto the airwaves. Praise God, pass the ammunition, 818-369-0326. I'll say it real slow, 818-369-0326. And all you have to do is press one on that dial pad. So I'm going to put it up on the screen 818-369-0326. I think we have agreement, those of us that are gathered here right now. Jesus started a movement with 12 people. Six days until January 20th. Pray that the president does not give up. He does not concede. Pray for that Superman on the inside of him to break out of his Clark Kent stature right now. Let wisdom guide him and spiritual intelligence direct him. 
And that's it. All right, so I've been waiting for your call. Remember, 818-369-0326. You have to press 1 on the dial pad to come into the broadcast, and um, that's what we're going to do. Now, if we're done here, what I'm going to do is I'm simply going to put on the um, interview that I had with my brother, Daniel Seckham. Uh, he had a lot to say. I'm, I fast-forwarded the video just a little bit. You heard some instructions. I pray that we all will do what the word says to do. So I'm going to now share my screen and I'm going to bring the young man from Australia onto the screen and I'm going to bring him forward. Have a blessed day. This is Pastor Vince. I'll see you tomorrow. Here's Daniel Seckham in a recent interview I had with him just a night ago. Oh, all right. Good. Let me turn you up here. All right, so let's get into this. Uh, we've got a good uh, 50 minutes to chat here tonight. And uh, you had mentioned something about you've been taken off a particular, what, Facebook? What, what, where have you been restricted? Yeah, so basically last, um, last week, I believe it was, I was commenting. I was just simply commenting on what was going on, on the, during what, the uh, January the 6th. Just making some comments, my, just providing my observations that were very innocuous. And um, it was later that afternoon I realized that I couldn't comment on Facebook. Whenever I liked a post, my like would disappear. Mm. Um, and people sent me messages on Messenger, and I go to respond, and it said, You can't respond. Um, because of, apparently I have broken, uh, I have not abided by the community uh, Facebook community standards on more than one one occasion as a result of that I've been taken. Wow. So I'm it's, sorry. Um, I don't know how long it's going to be for. I don't know how long it's going to be for. It could be for a week. Well, it's already been a week, but it could be longer than that. So it could be 30 days. I'm not really sure what's going on, but it is disturbing. It is disturbing, and it's uh, the big tech again. So let's let's talk about this. The last time we talked, uh, we weren't in the position that we were in right now. Uh, what is your perspective of what's going on with the election right now? What are you hearing from the Lord, most importantly? And what are your thoughts about what's taking place? I think you know that we were in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. We posted a lot of video. Um, very interesting time. And uh, we're praying about going back right now to just walk the streets and pray, even though they're locking down a lot of the uh, Washington, D.C. Um, but as we're seeking the Lord, what are you getting? What is what is your perception? I mean, you've you've talked about this moment for a long time. Now, here we are. What are you yeah. seeing? Well, in the natural, I fully believe that that Trump would have prevailed just by looking at all the data, at all the data looking at all the different variables going into it, I believe Trump had a, a groundswell of massive su support. So I believe that, that he would, he would win. Um, and that wasn't, that wasn't a spiritual unction. That was just me looking at all the different, um, uh, um, how can I say statistics and variables and things like that. Mm -hmm. So on the, from the outset, I believe that, that he would win. And I believe that God would, um, provide another four years in which the church could prepare for what's coming. But that said, I mean, I was watching the election live. I was watching the, the, the vote counts. And I saw when those 
uh, swing states stopped counting. I saw when Wisconsin and Michigan, Pennsylvania and Georgia, they all stopped counting. And then lo and behold, when the count began again, there was these huge spikes for Biden. I mean, I saw it here in Australia and I just, and I was watching it. I just thought there is no way that that is legitimate. <laughs> There's no way. It is obvious that fraud is, is actually going on here. And, uh, and so um, I believe that Donald Trump literally did win it. As, as crazy as this, as this may sound to many people, not, not only do I believe that Donald Trump won, but I believe that he won in a landslide. And the reason why I believe that is because there were a number of ways in which the um, the left were swinging, swinging the election. It's not just one way. It was more than one way. In fact, it goes even before the election even began because the the governors and the secretary of states were making changes to election election laws where the constitution explicitly states that election laws can only be changed by the state legislator only the state legislators have the change uh, have the power to make changes in regard to election laws so already from out from the outset it was already illegitimate but furthermore they were they were using the pandemic as a pretext for mail-in voting. They were using the pandemic as a pretext. Um, and that's why I thought it was, wasn't it very, very interesting, um, Vincent, that when the impeachment efforts failed, along came this virus. And the left used the virus to smash Donald Trump left, right and center. They destroyed his his bustling economy, that he, the booming economy that Trump is presiding over, they destroyed it. And by the way, Bill Mayer, a few years back, actually said, if we have to destroy the economy in order to get rid of Trump, it will be painful, but it will be necessary. I and remember that. Yeah, I remember yep. that. Yeah. All right. So, 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 yeah, so I was just, I was just saying that steps were put in place well before Election Day to steal it from Donald Trump. So um, when you came to the election day, I mean, it was even clear. I mean, it was obvious from what I was seeing. But more, more than that, the, these Dominion voter machines, uh, what needs to be known about these, these machines is the fact that, um, well, number one, they're actually, it's, they're not an, an American-owned company. Okay, so they're based, based in Canada. But the software, the operating system goes, well, you need to look at the, there's a paper trail here. The software that was incorporated on the Dominion machines is from Sequoia. Sequoia was acquired by Dominion, um, gosh, I think it was in 2016, I believe. I could be wrong. But Sequoia was a subsidiary of Smartmatic. And Smartmatic was actually set up um, by Hugo Chavez, Chavez in Venezuela and with the entire purpose of that software to um, ensure that Hugh, uh, Chavez stayed in power indefinitely. Uh, and so basically, the Dominion voting machines were set up in a way that could very easily swing votes. Now, it can do it a number of different ways. It could do it by the adjudication. So if you were to set the scanner to a high... Um, gamma read, 
then what it would do, it would it would send it off to adjudication because it couldn't make out what the selection was. So it would go to adjudication. Then the adjudicator could actually determine whether that was a vote for Trump or a vote for Biden. For Biden. Now, the other thing that these Dominion machines can do is actually count votes by percentage. So it could give Biden a point... Um, in addition, um, it'll count one vote for Biden as 1.75 and a vote for Trump as 0.75, right? So it, it, it was skewing, it was shaving off votes. Now, this algorithm was actually detected by mathematical and computer scientists. Um, in fact, I think the, the, the man who invented email, I think he's actually based up in uh, Massachusetts, he was the one who basically discovered this this uh, this um, algorithm, and he, he was a whistleblower on that. So he's actually written out an affidavit. Now remember, affidavits are under penalty of perjury, um, in which he he can actually testify that there was this algorithm that was actually used. Um, but <clears throat> more than so, the thing was is that there were so many people voting for Trump that it broke the algorithm. Right, the percentage that was going for Biden and taking away from Trump. Trump was still winning even after the with the the implication with the implementation of that algorithm, and so that's why they had to stop counting in the middle of the night. They had to stop counting, and that's when you, you see these dumps of ballots coming in at 4 a.m., 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. in the morning, and that's when the, uh, Georgia had the ridiculous excuse to say that the reason why we had to stop. Counting was because of a water break. You know, you, you probably heard of, heard of that. Yeah. Because yeah. of a, a water main break, which was ridiculous. It it, it, it was just a complete, complete made up lie. And then, of course, uh, during that time in Georgia was when you see saw in the CT uh, when you saw Ruby and those other election workers pulling these suitcases up out of the. Uh, tables. Uh, these tablecloths. These tables were, were covered with tablecloths. They're pulling these ballots out in containers and running them through the Dominion machines. And then you can actually see the spike on the election, uh, the uh, counter, the graph. You can see the spike where the massive spike went up for Biden at the same time that the Republican observers were kicked out and the uh, and the election officials stayed behind and. Did that dirty work? So it's here's the thing, Vincent. Here's the thing. What Donald Trump won this election in a landslide. He won it, but the left could not tolerate that. They would not accept it. They would never, ever, ever accept another administration, another um, administration of Trump. They would never accept it. So they had to pull out all stops, even if it meant that they were caught red-handed. The thing was is that they didn't mind because they had the media on their side. They knew that the media will cover for them. They knew that the media and their uh, their mm. allies would come up with all these fact checks. Okay, right? You know, uh, what's the fact check that's in China that Facebook uses all the time? Um, oh gosh, I can't remember it. But there was all these different fact checks. And of course, to the person who's observing, they see these fact checks and they say, oh, well, they must be right then. They must be right. There's a fact check there. And here's the thing about the left. The left don't care about facts. They don't care about knowledge. What they care about, what they're really big about is the appearance of knowledge, is the appearance of facts. They put up a facade of truth, 
a facade of, of facts, but it's not, it, it's not really. The moment you start drilling down, the moment you start uh, doing a forensic analysis of what these fact checkers are putting out there, it's all false. It's all false. These people are prolific liars and they have, uh, and they have an agenda. So what we witnessed on the 6th of January was the most, egreg- was the most egregious display of lawlessness hmm. in American history. The most egregious display of lawlessness in American history. In fact, I could almost even argue that it's the most egregious display of lawlessness in, in the world. When you think about the fact that 80 million, I would say, they say 75, I believe it's more than that because Dominion shaved off many, many, many votes. But 80 million plus Trump voters had their votes annulled. Okay, they had their votes discounted, completely tossed out um, because of the left. The, listen, leftism and lawlessness go, to, go together hand in hand. They don't believe that they're held accountable by higher power. Higher power is themselves. Okay, so they believe that they're only accountable unto themselves. They are a law unto themselves. They they can do whatever they want. Considering that they have the power of the media, they have the power of the fact checkers, that they have the power of um, the judiciary. That's the other thing that needs to be brought up is that many of these um, uh, judges were completely bought and paid for by the left. And if I were to be more specific about that, it's either one of two sources. It's either either money that's coming from George Soros's Open Society Foundation or it's actually coming from China. Hmm. So either one of those two. In fact, there are many, I mean, for crying out loud, just to give you an idea of just how corrupt it is in America at the moment, you have Eric Swalwell, who weeks ago was busted for sleeping with a Chinese spy and he is, serves on the uh, Intel um, um, on the in, on the Intel Services Committee, and he's still not fought. he hasn't been removed. Nothing has been done. Nothing has been done. So uh, Durham Durham, who AG Barr tapped to investigate um, the uh, Obama spying, nothing is going to come of that. Nothing will come of that. Nothing will come out of any of the investigations in in regard to the left. People need to understand that lawlessness is here and it's here to stay, unfortunately. However, let me say this. Lazarus was dead in the tomb for three days. In fact, Jesus waited outside of Bethany. He waited outside, okay? He could have gone in and and saved Lazarus. He could have. He had the power to, but he didn't. But Lazarus was dead in a tomb for three days. And then Jesus came on the scene eventually. And uh, Martha came up and said, Rabbi, if you were here, you know, you could have saved him. You could have saved him. And then Jesus wept. You know, the famous passage where Jesus wept, the the shortest verse in the Bible. Um, And then he said, Lazarus, roll away the stone, Lazarus come forth. And he came out in his grave clothes. So is it possible that, uh, that Trump could still be president? Of course. God is a God of miracles. If it happens, it will have to be God. It yes. will have to be God. And mm-hmm. only God 
has the power to do that. He only he has the power to do that. And so if he can raise Lazarus from the dead that was dead for three days, I mean, he can reinstall Donald Trump back into office. He can do that. He has the power to do that. God is the God who sets kings up and he brings kings down. So ultimately, we can trust him and know that he has got everything in his hands and that we can be completely um, at peace knowing that, um, that he is the God of the universe and we don't have to have anything to worry about. At the same time, I believe that judgment is coming to the church. Uh, look, if, 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 if God doesn't turn this around, if God doesn't turn around, if Biden stays present, I believe that judgment will come. Judgment will come to America and it will begin with the church, as it always does. Whenever judgment comes upon a nation, it always, you know, judgment begins with the house of God. And so I believe that there will be persecution for the church. There will be persecution uh, for his people. I mean, I begin to notice some of the most incredible things on Twitter at the moment. Um, I saw, let me just read one of my, my, I just retweeted this. Let me read this to you. This person says, a very talented friend of mine who interned with a Republican leader, uh, who interned, sorry, with um, Mitch McConnell, actually, and at, uh, and at 20 was one of the highest ranked staffers in the Trump campaign, was just fired from his new job when the client found out he worked for Trump. He, he now can't afford rent. Still think cancel culture isn't that serious, he says. Wow. Right. Incredible. It is incredible. Well, you give a good analysis of what you see happening. And I said the same thing yesterday, and I'll say it again, that it's Micah chapter 3. It's a judgment in the church where God is going to cleanse his church from a philosophy that it's adopted that really wasn't the gospel. And it was the prosperity gospel that was being preached while a nation was blaspheming God Almighty for 60 years. And the church must be cleansed because God loves the church, and he's more interested in the church than he is in American politics. However, let's just talk for just a moment, bar that amazing miracle that would happen with Donald J. Trump, President Trump, standing up and declaring the Insurrection Act or martial law, maintaining his position of power, rightfully so, saying to the courts, you're going to listen to this case. Nothing's going to happen until you listen to this case. And all the fraudulent activity that you just talked about and others have is heard and looked at and want to see the hard evidence. And then the arrests get made and all that good stuff. Okay. If God does that, hallelujah, praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. We're good with that. But uh, Daniel, if he doesn't, if Joe Biden comes to power, on January 20th, and he has sworn in, inaugurated as the president of the United States, knowing half these 80 million people you talked about, knowing it was a rigged election, knowing it was fraudulent. What do you see happening? Where does this, you know, uh, expand in your understanding what goes on in this country at that point? Well, I, I believe that, in fact, if you remember last time we chatted, I think it might have been two or three weeks ago, the last time we talked. But um, I was saying that if Trump gets back into power, it will be the final reprieve. It will be the final warning. It will be the final, okay, this is your last chance. But I said that if Biden didn't 
if Trump didn't get in, then God will ultimately be handing the nation over. He will be handing the nation over. I mean, the fact that the thing is, is that if, if, if you are an American patriot and you did all your best to ensure that Trump would, would get in, you did all your best to ensure that Biden would stay out, then when the persecution comes and you can comfort yourself knowing that you fought and you fought hard and you can, you can be, endure persecution with great honor knowing that. However, I can't say the same for those. And it breaks my heart to say this, but there are even other ministry kind of colleagues of mine who were actively working against Trump, actively and saying that, you know, you should not fight for your nation because the nation is destined to burn. I just think that's ridiculous. I just think that these people, I mean, how do you think people would think of a, if you're in prison and, and you see a man come into prison who actively worked uh, um, to ensure that the Nazis would get into power, <laughs> Uh, you know, what, what, what would your opinion be? What would your opinion be? I mean, this person that w- with what they had done is completely dishonorable, completely dishonorable. Um, now, uh, these people, what they were doing, if they were in Nazi Germany in the 1930s, what these people are effectively doing is trying to demonize people like Dietrich Bonhoeffer, right? You know, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Dietrich sure. Bonhoeffer was one of the, 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 the most... Um, vocal church leaders that was standing against Nazism. He was, he fought, he fought against Nazism with every ounce of strength that he had. He do He did everything he possibly could to prevent Nazism from getting into power, trying to wake the church up, trying to wake them up from their slumber. But inevitably Nazism came into power. And unfortunately, um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer eventually had to pay for it with his life. Um, it's a really, really sad thing, but that is the, that is, that is, that's the, just the way that it goes. Now I want to read you an excerpt from a book. This book is actually uh, written by Ian Kershaw and it's a, a biography on Hitler. Listen to what he wrote about the church. This is very interesting. He says the radicalization encountered no opposition of any weight. Ordinary people who expressed their anger, sorrow, distaste, or shame at what had happened were powerless. Those who might have articulated such feelings, such as the leaders of the Christian churches, among whose precepts was love thy neighbor as thyself, kept quiet. Neither major denomination, Protestant or Catholic, raised an official protest or even backing for those courageous individual pastors and priests who did speak out. Wow. Incredible. Hmm. Absolutely incredible. Uh, It just goes to show, like, the silence of the church, the silence of the church. God help us if we don't speak up. God help us if we don't speak up. Now, I want to read you another uh, quote. And this quote is on, uh, see if I can find this thing. Uh, one moment. So this quote here is actually from Thomas Jefferson. And he says this. 
Okay. He says this. Actually, no, I don't have it. It didn't save for some reason. Oh, yes, I do have it. I actually do have it here. Let me read it here. Thomas Jefferson said, freedom is lost gradually from an uninterested, uninformed, and uninvolved people. Mm. Let me mm. read that again. Mm. Freedom is lost gradually from an uninterested, uninformed, and uninvolved people. Boy, that just really, really, really just sums it up to a T. Yeah, they knew something. No doubt about it. The founding fathers knew a lot about yeah. how things would be and what a lethargic generation we've become. I want to do something just for the, the sake of time that we have, if I may. Um, you know, I, we, we have been saturated for the last several weeks in this election, and the eyes of the world are watching what is going on in the United States of America right now. But something uh, in my, in my, my, my belly is, is needing to know something, and I don't know of a better person to talk to than you about it, but what is Israel doing right now? What is going on in the Middle East? Um, you know, and I want to just shift from this American-centric uh, thing that's going on. It is important. There's no doubt about it. But where does Israel fit into this moment, and what's happening in Israel right now, Daniel? Israel at the moment is extremely concerned. <laughs> I would imagine so. Really, really concerned. Um, they, you know, um, I'm not sure if you actually heard the take by, I think it was uh, Friedman. Friedman, what's the name of the ambassador, the U.S. ambassador to, to Israel? I don't know. I, I think, yeah, his name's Friedman or something. Okay. But anyway, he basically said, that a Biden-Harris administration would be absolute disaster. He said uh, uh, for for the Middle East. He said a Biden-Harris administration would be an absolute disaster for the Middle East. So, uh, and I I absolutely concur with what he said. I believe it's absolutely on the money. I think um, Harris Biden getting in would be the worst thing that could ever possibly happen because Iran will be emboldened. Uh, we know that um, that Biden will most prob- probably re-enter, re-enter the um, the Iran deal once again. David Friedman, his name was. In fact, I'll read it here. It says uh, Biden and Harris have said that if they are elected, they will renew the Iran nuclear agreement. What impact would that have on Israel in the region? And Ambassador David R- Friedman replies, it would be a disaster. There you go. Um, we people need to understand that Donald Trump was the greatest bulwark against the rise of China and the rise of Iran. He held them to account. He held them in check. In fact, Trump had his foot on the neck of China and on the neck of Iran. Now that Biden is in, oh my gosh. I mean, the fact that Biden made millions of dollars off the Chinese Communist Party. He was enriched through the Chinese Communist Party. He was the one, Biden actually said, in referring to China, he said, they're not bad folks, folks. So uh, not only did he get rich off China, but he got rich off the U- Ukraine, the Burisma, um, um, 
gas and oil company in, in Ukraine, and he also got rich through a Russian oligarch. He was dealing with the Russians and got rich of the Russians. <laughs> just think about what has just transpired over the past two months. The fact that, uh, three months, I should say, the fact that America, that the most excellent president that has ever existed since, I believe, Lincoln, when you consider everything that has been thrown at Trump, everything that Trump has had to deal with, the fact that he tried and fought to build the economy while everyone was against him and every, everyone was throwing anything at him, and he still was able to develop an incredible economy. I mean, the GDP was, at the height of the economy under Trump, was 4.3%, which is massive. Now, Barack Obama mocked Trump and said, because uh, Trump said he was going to get the GDP up to 4%, and Obama said, how are you going to do that? What magic wand do you have? All right? Yet Trump got the GDP up to 4.3%, record low unemployment, record low unemployment for even minority groups such as Hispanics and blacks. That's why a record numbers of blacks and Hispanics voted for him. But uh, see, just think over the past three months, Trump has been removed, who was one of the greatest presidents ever, and in its place, the most, one of the most corrupt politicians ever. Biden is the head of a crime family. Him and his brother, Jim, and his son, Hunter, and Tony Bobolinsky, who, who worked for them, that was a crime syndicate. They were money laundering millions and millions of dollars from other nations, from communist China, Ukraine, and the Russian oligarch. They made an absolute fortune, absolute fortune. And this person, this very person who actually did what Trump was impeached for previously, who actually, who actually did this, has been installed as president, as president. Think about that. Think about what, what he has done over, I mean, he spent how many years? 47 years in politics. And what has he done? Yeah. Well, he, he uh, had a go at Justice Thomas Clarence with his uh, nomination. In fact, he, he put Thomas, Justice Thomas Clarence through absolute hell leading up to his nomination. And he also had to go at Prime Minister uh, Menachem Begin, um, the Israeli Prime Minister, and tried to cut off aid to Israel. So keep in mind that Biden is going to be an absolute nightmare for Israel. Israel would be very, very, very concerned right now, as Australia is. Australia is extremely concerned because we know, no, we know that Biden is not going to, going to uh, protect us. We knew Trump would protect us. We knew Trump would defend us. But Biden will not. We know that now. And uh, it's like, like, like we talked before, Vincent. You know how we talked before? We talked about Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and talked about the restrainer. Yeah. And I said that the restrainer could be one of the, either two things. The restrainer could actually be America itself, because if you remove America, uh, absolute chaos would would come upon the earth. In fact, let me let me read what uh, Daniel, who where is it? Daniel Webster said. Daniel Webster said this. He's a founding father. He said, "Hold on, my friends, to the Constitution 
and to the republic for which it stands. Miracles do not cluster, and what has happened once in 6,000 years may not happen again. Hold on to the Constitution, for if the American Constitution should fail, there will be anarchy throughout the world. Mm. Mm. There will be anarchy throughout the world. Karl Marx also said, wipe North America from the map of the world and you will have anarchy. The complete decay of modern commerce and civilization. So I believe that there is a very strong case to be made that you remove America and we all go down. Ronald Reagan was right. He said, if we lose our freedom here, there is no other place to escape to. This is the last stand on earth. So I believe that the... America itself could be the restrainer or it could be Trump himself. It could be Trump, but I don't, I don't think so. I tend to lean towards more America being the restrainer. Now, before you think, Oh, hang on a minute. That does you know, um, a country can't be the restrainer or a nation can't be the restrainer. Well, you, should consider what the patristic church fathers, like the early, early church fathers understood the interpretation of the restrainer to be. So the early church fathers, uh, this is in the first, second and third century, these guys, uh, right up to the council of Nicaea, these guys actually believed that the restrainer was the dissolution of the Roman empire. They believed that when the Roman empire was dissolved, then the antichrist would rise out of that. So they believed that there was a stabilizing empirical, uh, sorry, um, stabilizing force, which was the Roman Empire. And that's what, what we know as Pax Romana, Roman peace. Okay, because there was peace in the world at that time because of the Roman Empire. And they believed that when that Roman Empire collapsed, anarchy would spring up and the men of lawlessness would be revealed. So I believe in the same logic. I believe that if the early fathers could believe that, and by the way, the Roman Empire was only regional. It did not encompass the whole world like the influence of, of America does today. If America were to go down, the entire world would, would um, feel the impact of that. The entire world would feel the impact of that. Amen. So uh, that's my thoughts. Well, those are good thoughts, and uh, there's some good comments going on as well. So in that, in that setting, in that conversation, Jesus, and I'm standing on his words like you are, Daniel, like all of our listeners are. I mean, he made a very profound statement, and he did it more than once when he said that a house divided cannot stand. A nation divided against itself cannot stand. So what it looks like when you look through that biblical lens, when you view the world or this nation— uh, through the words of Christ, then it's very clear that this nation is absolutely split right down the middle. So yeah. the inevitability is its utter collapse, which would remove it out of the way for total anarchy and disobedience, as you said, to come about, which would be uh, fostered in a new world order or the Luciferian one world government, i.e. the greatest tribulation to ever hit the face of the earth. And I don't think the church is really um, prepared for this acceleration of demonic activity. And how did, you know, a, a nation like Rome fell? You know, America fell a long time ago. 
in its moral condition, right? We know that it fell in its spiritual condition. It gave up the spirituality of, a, of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of heaven and gave place to new age and metaphysics and all these different uh, philosophies that came in. And now comes the physical fall of the nation. And this is the collapse that's at the door right now. And when that happens, the, the fall will be heard around the world. Nations will be shaken. And out of the ashes of this great fall will rise a global one world government. Do you see it any other way? I know that's a very simple view, but your thoughts. Um, no, I, I do see it. I do see it that way. I, I do see it. Although I should say that, um, that, that America will still stay a leader. America will still, how, let me unpack this. How, how can I explain this? I believe America will fall. And America is falling right now. I believe that there is a implosion as well as a um, spectacular final. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Yeah, so we're witnessing the decay right now. We're witnessing all of the different um, checks and balances being removed. I mean, when you, now that the, the, the America has the presidency, the House and the Senate, when you look at what they're trying to pass now, it's just incredible. They're trying to purge all Republicans who, who believe that there was voter fraud and who tried to take a stand, who tried to stand up um, to, to voter fraud and to um, – they're trying to purge them. It's just yeah. extraordinary. And now they're trying to do away with the Electoral College. That was one of the um, um, things that the Congress brought up. They want to just remove the Electoral College. To... They're not hiding it anymore, what the Democrats want to do. These people are communists. These people are American communists, and they, are, they want to completely transform America into a communist dystopia. So, yeah, I believe that America will... I still do believe that America, I mean, think of America's founding. America's it was founded on Christianity. When you look at the founding documents, when you look at the Constitution, when you look at the Bill of Rights, and you look at the Declaration of Independence, Christianity is in and through all those founding documents. So when you consider that, um, and when you consider that, when you look at Revelation 17, you see this harlot that is overweening with pride, completely inebriated, completely controls the world or has controlled the world. Jeremiah chapter 50 or 51 actually says that refers to this daughter of, of Babylon as the hammer of the whole earth. Okay. So is America the hammer of the whole earth? You bet they are. Okay. They knew the truth, but they prostituted themselves. So I believe that we will see America become more and more, the identity of America becoming more and more like this biblical prostitute that we see in Revelation 17. Um, and be not surprised, by the way, if Joe Biden is removed and Carmilla Harris becomes president. And, how did yeah. she? How did she get to where she is now? Without being crass, she mm -hmm. basically slept her way to the top. She prostituted herself to get to where she is now. 
So it would only be fitting, it would be fitting if Camilla Harris was president while America is in this corrupt, utter corrupt place and then the judgment of fire that we read in Revelation would be able, would come upon her. So it says that the beast will hate the prostitute, would eat her flesh and burn her with fire. The, 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 the beast will hate the prostitute, bring her to her ruin, eat her flesh and burn her with fire. So I believe that that would be the final judgment in which we will see complete destruction come. Interestingly, when you read in Jeremiah 50 and 51, it says that Babylon's walls will be ablaze. That Babylon's walls will be set ablaze. Now, that didn't happen when the Persians sacked Babylon. Okay? But it will happen to the daughter of Babylon. Hmm. What is very distinctive of Trump's presidency? The fact that he built the wall. And it says that Babylon's walls will be set ablaze. I think it's, there's a lot of really interesting things when you read. And you have to read Jeremiah 50 and 51 and also read Isaiah 13 and 14 mm-hmm. and line it all up. Line it all up with Revelation 17 and 18. I think it all comes together. By the way, Amer- no other nation has emerged on the face of the earth that has been as powerful and as influential as the United States. No other nation comes even close. So I think it would make a lot of sense to consider it in that way. That said, there is a beast that is still yet to be revealed. America itself is not the, America is not the beast, but the beast hates America. And the beast wants to bring America to her ruin and burn her on fire. This is the beast that will dominate the world that will reveal itself to the world and the world will worship the beast. And um, if you want to be able to buy or sell, then you will have to take the mark. You have to take the mark of the beast as revelation 13 says, and that will be the time of great trouble and great testing for, for the Lord's people. And I believe that the Lord is, is waking people up. I believe that the time that we're living in now if the, the spirit could speak out to his churches right now, it would be to prepare. It would be to prepare for what's coming because um, times are really speeding up. Amen. So the acceleration is here, no doubt about it. Um, okay. So the final question then, and where we need to navigate, we're talking about wise virgins that have oil in their lamps because the darkness is coming. The time when no man will be able to work. We have been told for years that we should work while there's light. We should prepare. We should get our victuals ready. Uh, We should find our getaway places. We see fifth capital protests, armed protests, are planned for January 20th in the United States. Where that's all going to go, Washington, D.C. right now is gated up. Uh, We saw some good video about the, the gates that are up throughout the entire city. Uh, People are absolutely amazed at how shut down National Guard troops are there. And, um, you know, this is looking like the next few days in our country that the fireworks are really going to go. And it's not just going to happen in Washington, D.C. And uh, the revolutionary tone is here. So we're getting ready for that. So then how do God's people in Australia, 
in the United States of America, in Israel, and around the world. How do God's people genuinely, spiritually, intrinsically, and physically, emotionally, mentally, solically, really finalize their preparations to stand in the gap at this time? Well, I think with everything that we've been seeing, it should wake everybody up. Um, uh, People need to start seeking the Lord. It all begins with seeking the Lord. Seek the Lord. Seek his face. Worship him. Spend time with him. Spend time with him in prayer. Make the Lord the absolute priority of your life and listen to his voice. And I believe that we're also entering a time where we need to be practical with coming. We need to um, look at ways and how we will be able to weather a storm if it comes. Um, I need to be careful when I start talking like this because outsiders would interpret what I'm saying as quackery, as absolute nonsense. You know, he's one of those um, crazy tinfoil hat preppers. But I believe that there is a lot of wisdom in taking practical steps for you and for your family. Just practical things by maybe building a vegetable garden out in, in your backyard uh, ensuring that you have adequate water supplies, ensuring that you have uh, that you can still cook if you lose power or whatever. I believe there's a lot of wisdom in this. Even if nothing happens, even if nothing happens, then at least you know you still got some great benefits from doing this. Mm-hmm. So um, I believe that people need to be wise. People need to wise up and start to really start planning for the future. You cannot rely upon. If see, here's the thing: when America goes down. I do believe that what Daniel Webster says was correct. I do believe that if America goes down, that anarchy will go throughout the earth. So we do need to prepare. Interesting that you should mention, Vincent, about the so-called armed protests. I think there's something very, very fishy, very, very fishy about that. Um, From what I have been seeing, um, many, many conservatives, conservative leaders are saying, stay away. Don't go anywhere near those armed protests, those protests. Keep, stay home, don't go there. Um, because, and there are a number of other ones, uh, even Jim Hoft, I believe, from the Gateway Pundit, is saying that this is a, this is a trap, um, that the left are actually planning on actually, um, well, basically doing with what they did with the rights on the Capitol. So shifting the blame from those anti-fear activists um, that instigated that, along with very, very fired up, foolish Trump supporters, and there's no question about that. But what they're going to do is that they're going to use this so-called, I hate saying this because it makes me sound like a conspiracy theorist, false flag event. They're going to use this to then go after and destroy the Second Amendment. So they need the if they if the left is going to ultimately prevail, then they have to destroy the Second Amendment. They have to disarm the um, they have to disarm the constitutional adhering Americans. So that's where I believe it could it could lead. Now nothing could happen. Nothing could happen. There could be no protests. Everything goes forward without a hitch. But I have this check in my spirit that there's something very fishy about it. And knowing how brazen the media are, knowing how brazen the media are and the talking heads, they could twist this 
to turn it into a weapon against conservatives and use it to disarm um, Americans. Amen. And so we have in this country, as you know, a declaration of independence. And the question you have to ask yourself is if you're an American citizen and you are bound to a constitution and you have a declaration of independence that was given to us from our founding fathers, and you realize that your government is corrupt, your government is lying, stealing, cheating, your government is now calling the American people that stood in solidarity with their, pre- their president domestic terrorists. They have called us maggots. They have called us deplorables. Yeah. They said that we were not fit for polite society. So when your government turns on the people after they've cheated and corrupted and for nine months, they burned down our cities, they defecated, they urinated, they shot, they killed, they burned, they looted, they stole for nine months. And then you see these wicked people on the left calling the, the, the gentle, you know, and a few hundred people out of a million that may have got involved and over encouraged with Antifa going into the Capitol building the worst day. When you see that level of corruption, now you know the declaration is talking to you. The American citizenry, we the people of the United States of America, it is your due responsibility, it is your responsibility as an American citizen to rise up and unshackle yourself lest you go into bondage to such government that you would have to go across the sea again and fight another revolution. Well, there are no seas to cross. This is the last stand. And if the people of this country, the 80 million, do not rise up and unshackle themselves and bring in new guards, Daniel, that means that the the, the entire experiment has come to its end. It has failed because the people decided to be put to sleep with fairy tales pre-tribulational rapture, once saved, always saved, don't get involved, you know, you know, don't stand up, just go out of the way, et cetera, et cetera. This is a critical moment in the history of our nation, and we do need Holy Spirit instruction. Was that Declaration of Independence and Constitution inspired by the Holy Spirit for a moral, Christian, religious society or not? Yeah, well... uh I would actually I would actually respond with the with the statement made by Benjamin Franklin. So Mrs. Powell of Philadelphia asked Benjamin Franklin after they they signed on to the the constitution and he says, "Well, doctor, what have we got? A republican or a monarchy?" And with no hesitation, Franklin responded, "A republic if you can keep it." He said, we have a republic, if you can keep it. Um, and I do believe that, as I said before, God has the power to raise the dead. God raised Lazarus three days while he was dead in the tomb. If God is going to reinstate Trump for a second term, he can do it. There's no question. Okay. In fact, anything can happen in between. And anything can happen. So God, God, if God wants to turn it over, he can do that. He can do that. But I 
have this feeling in my spirit that the time for judgment is coming. Uh, and the, God's patience, if you could imagine that the hourglass, that the sands have run out, that the time has come for judgment to begin with the house of God. I believe Christians will experience persecution. I believe that Christians need to prepare to, to need to prepare for this. Um, the freedoms that many Americans have enjoyed for the past 300 years, I believe, will no longer be there. Um, now, I don't mean to sound like a wet blanket, but the, the reality is we, we have to understand the timing of this. America cannot be a superpower forever. And as we read in Jeremiah chapter 30, God says to Israel, Israel, where are your allies? They are no more. So there is coming a time when even Israel's allies will be gone. This is what it says in Jeremiah 30 verse 12. This is what the Lord says. Your wound is incurable, your injury beyond healing. There is no one to plead your cause, no remedy for your soul and no healing for you. He's saying this to Israel. Then he says this, all your allies have forgotten you. They care nothing for you. I have struck you as an enemy would and punished you as would the cruel because your guilt is so great and your sins are so many. So I believe that the time will come and Israel will no longer have any allies, including America. Now, but this is all part of, the, of the, the story. This is all part of God's narrative for the end of the age. And this is why we need to encourage one another. Uh, and understand that even though we are witnessing the fading of the glory of America, there is going to be a short, then there will be the glorification of the kingdom of Jesus when he comes and he reigns on the earth for a thousand years. And let me tell you, the glory of the kingdom of Jesus on the earth will make the glory of America look like a little speck. Amen. The, the glory of the kingdom of Jesus and that's what we always, that's what we need to remind ourselves for. So what kind of attitude do we need to have leading up to what we're experiencing? Well, we need to have the same attitude of Habakkuk. When he was resigned to the fact that God had determined that the Babylonians were coming and there's nothing he could do about it. God had decreed that he was raising up the Babylonians and that they were going to invade the land. Habakkuk could have protested and said, no, Lord, please, you know, and he did protest, but then he was resigned to the fact that God was not going to change his mind. And what did he say? Habakkuk said, though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord and I will be joyful in God, my Savior. Amen. The sovereign Lord is my strength, and he makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to go on to the heights. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That is a glory to God. That's a great way to leave it. So in other words, stay in the joy of the Lord. Stay in your focus. But there's also yeah. this question that King David, when he was a little shepherd boy, had asked when there was a great Goliath in the valley, is there not a cause? And I think a lot of people, you know, after 60 years of a nation that has basically 
blasphemed the holy name of Jesus through Hollywood every day on television, who has slaughtered 90 million innocent babies' blood in the womb, who has promoted homosexuality, lesbianism, and every other ism there is, sexual perversely speaking, when corruption is running rampant. And I think some people are going back and say, well, what's the point of being involved right now? Let it be crushed. And others are saying, well, wait a second. We are the remnant of people Mm. that want to see God's divine justice prevail Mm. in this moment. We want to stand up and we want to fight against. Now, after allowing it to go on for so long, this is like a last stand. And it's interesting, the president was in Alamo, Texas today. You know, the Alamo was the last stand. You know, is this kind of a prophetic thing to us? What, What do you think? It could. Look, some, many people have said to me, Dan, is, this, is there any hope left? And I said, well, can Trump pull a rabbit out of his hat? Well, anything can happen in between now and the 20th. You know, Trump has still got an executive order up his sleeve, yeah, which is the foreign, inter- the foreign interference in, in elections. Yes. Daniel You're Radcliffe right. has, has absolute proof that China, Iran, Pakistan and a bunch of others did interfere in the elections, even in Italy. So he has ironclad proof that the um, there were foreign actors that were interfering in, in the, the American election. So why is Trump waiting out? Well, he could be waiting out for a number of different reasons. Um, you never know. He's got a very good poker face. Could something happen? Let's wait and see. Um, you never know. I mean, if he does pull a rabbit out of his hat, and, uh, and before you know it, all that the corruption is exposed and the fraud is exposed, you know, I mean, that would be great relief, especially to the prophets that have actually said that, um, that, that Trump was going to get a second term. So uh, it could happen. But at the same time, and this is why we need to be careful with these, these events and putting our thus says the Lord on the end of it, because we can get ourselves into trouble. Um, and I know that there are a bunch of men of God out there who did put a thus says the Lord on the end of that. And now they're, they're, um, they're copying a lot of heat from that. So uh, it could happen. But at the end of the day, if it doesn't happen, we need to prepare. The church needs to prepare. And um, yeah, I, you know, it, it's interesting, Vincent, I was just thinking about Daniel 12. And you need to read Daniel 12, and it says, At that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people, will arise. There will be a time of distress. This is what Jesus was talking about, right? There will be a time of distress. Such has not happened from the beginning of nations until then. Jesus talked about this. There will be no other time like it. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book, will be delivered. Okay, that's interesting. And we know that we've talked previously um, about this. Two, it says, verse two says, multitudes who sleep in the dust will awake, some to everlasting life and others to shame and everlasting contempt. Three, those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens and those who led many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. For you, Daniel, close up and seal the words of this scroll until the time of the end. And that's what really a mystery is when you see mystery, mysterio in the Greek, which means it, it is um, basically sealed up until the appointed time and then it is revealed it says that many will go here and there to increase knowledge and boy we're in that time right now mm-hmm. and then i daniel looked and there before me stood someone who stood standing on the bank of the river 
One of them said to the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, how long will it be before these astonishing things are fulfilled? The man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, lifted his right hand and his left hand toward heaven, and I heard him swear by him who lives forever, saying, it will be, listen to this, it will be for a time, times, and half a time. That's three and a half years. It's a great tribulation. When, when, when the power of the holy people has been finally broken. Good. Good. All these things will be completed. Yeah. So, in, mm. again, let's look at the role of America. The role America has been a global policeman. Why? Because of the power of the holy people operating within America. All of the legislators, the godly judges, the godly congressmen, the godly senators, these people are been holding back the the tidal wave of total, Marxist socialist totalitarianism. These people have been holding it back. But lawlessness, lawless, I mean, as I said at the very beginning, we witnessed the most egregious display of lawlessness in all of American history, in even world history on the on the third of November, when eighty million Trump voters were their, their their vote was discounted and tossed away for fraud. So it says, when will this happen? And the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river said, it will be for three and a half years when the power of the holy people has been finally broken. So we are witnessing the godly, the godly influence. We are witnessing godly restraint. Okay, we are witnessing the restraint that was there in place, but it's being removed. Lawlessness is overwhelming this, and I believe that uh, we need to be watching very, very carefully what's going to transpire over the next days and weeks and months, because Amen. I think we're going to be witnessing some very, very interesting events. Amen, Daniel. And you know that really uh, complements Revelation 13 that the beast will have power over the saints. He will overcome the saints for three and a half years. And what that really is saying is that the, uh, it'll be a church without influence in the world. The church yeah. will not be able to do anything, probably through censorship, probably yep. through the destruction of the First Amendment, the Second Amendment. You're not allowed to speak out against anything evil or immoral yep. because of hate speech. So the church will become impotent. It'll have no influence. So all the influence that the church has left right now needs to be exercised in the salvation of souls, the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and telling people what is happening in this world through a biblical lens. Hey, here's the book of Revelation. This is what's happening. This is the world you're living in. Wake up, right? Absolutely. As Jesus said, work while you have daylight. The night is coming when no man can work. Night is coming when no man can work. It's going to get that bad. I mean, they're already throwing people off airlines because they supported Trump. Did you see those Trump supporters that were thrown off? Yeah, it's already happening. It's already happening. And it's going to increase. Um, And so people need to start preparing because – don't let anyone tell you that you don't need to repair because we're all going to be going up and we're not going to be worrying, have to worry about anything. No, no, no that is false. 
Here Jesus is asking his bride to make herself ready. The time has come for the bride to make herself ready. That's good. That's right. Okay, very good. We have gone over a little bit. That's fine with me. I'll go ahead and address things. I want to replay this interview tomorrow. I'll put it on the air tomorrow, Daniel. Um, the, what, what, what more to say? But Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.